Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday are rambling about those Los Angeles Rams. Ramble on. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of Ramblings with Isaac Bruce and Doc Holliday. I am Doc Holliday. Isaac, first of all, man, what's up? But second of all, what you looking at, bro? Got your face all turned up. You know, I was just looking. I'm doing well, Doc. Good to see you, man. Um, I was just looking at uh, that uh, Stanford, Stanford University that was scheduled to cancel 11 sports and just take them completely off campus. They, they changed their mind on that. And, uh, and and brought them back to campus, man, making sure that those uh, uh, sports like I think I saw men's wrestling and men's volleyball, which was looking to be like, you know, just eradicated off campus, got a reprieve. So um, I, I kind of uh, was a little shocking to me to see that a Pac-12-10 is uh, thinking about, you know, uh, cutting some some sports out. I see, man. Yeah, I, I guess that is good for those uh, uh, young people on campus, man, got scholarships and, you know, on campus to play those sports. So good for them, man. Also good for the Rams and the NFL, bro. The Rams, OTA started this week. And for everybody that doesn't know what that, what an OTA is, it's called Organized Team Activities. And it's, it's you know, it's kind of like a, a voluntary. But anyway, bro, uh, the Rams, Wait a minute, man. you know, huh? I, I was one of those dudes that didn't know what that meant, man. I mean, I was, I mean, to me, it meant out of town always. <laughs> oh, oh I, you know, I didn't mean to say it's voluntary. No, your ass got to be there, man. I'm, I'm, I'm joking on that, but organized team activities, man, OTAs, Rams on the field, man. And well, you know, now you know what an OTA means, Isaac, and anybody else. Yeah. What an OTA mean, but you know, I see, you know, I see, I see the guys on the field, man. You know, flying around, looking good, man. What always is funny to me, man. You have fans be like, "Oh, he's looking great. He's looking like a physical freak." Look, man, everybody looks good in shorts and no helmets and pads, man. So I'm not, I'm not about to get excited for anyone I see on video flying around, making spectacular catches, looking like a freakish athlete because. They're in the NFL, man. All of them freak as athletes. But it is good, Isaac, to see the Rams on the field for OTAs, man, officially starting their march towards potentially 
hosting the Super Bowl at home next football season? Well, Doc, listen, compared to what we had last year, we did not have these moments where guys were not allowed to, you know, get together in the offseason. And, you know, how many podcasts did we talk about, you know, how it would affect those guys who didn't have the opportunity to come into the program, get acclimated to the program, the atmosphere of it, and just to work on your game. I mean, you know, I think in the offseason you have more time to become stronger mentally as far as your job is concerned. And OTAs plays a part of that. I mean, you can start to envision what you can do as it gets closer to training camp. And as training camp starts to turn into preseason games and preseason games turns right into that opener versus the Chicago Bears. So these moments are, although they may be um, a little mundane and probably a little monotonous as far as, you know, going on the field, standing in the weight room, but they are of the most important stuff for guys who are trying to make that leap or get that transition from being a, a backup to a starter. You, you have this opportunity right now. And the more that you know, I think when you go out on the field for the very first time in training camp, man, it'll benefit you, man, because you you, you know what's going on. Uh, not only that, but you can you can really react as 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 you know as opposed to uh, having to think your way through through drills. And you're right, man. It is good to see uh, the Rams on the field with OTAs because, as you said, no one could do those last year, man, with everything going on. Uh, everything was virtual, man, so they really couldn't get on the field with one another. And the Rams need it pretty much more than anybody because you got a new quarterback coming in, Matthew Stafford. It's good to see the number nine out there. Deshaun Jackson, good to see the number one out there. Some other weapons that the Rams picked up in the draft. Uh, really trying to get that offensive flowing, man. And it's, you know, just seeing those new guys, man, and seeing those new numbers out there. I'm just glad that they're on the field, but, you know, it, it's, it's good for the squad. You know, it's good for them to come out there, and I see a lot of guys, you know, they screaming, hey, we back, baby, and all of that. Yeah, you practice it, man. I know you feel good. You know, it's it's good to get it in, but, uh, you know, I mean, this might not be popular, but, you know, it's it's needed, but Isaac, though, you know, you out there, bro, them, them, them paychecks <laughs> – Still ain't the same though. It's like it would be like during the regular season. So you ain't, you know, what I'm saying you ain't just get too much for being out there anyway. Not at all, Doc. It, it, it's the off season, bro. I mean, you know what we say about the off season and about preseason games. You know, the, uh, the stats don't count and the checks are small. But at the same time, it's very important. Number one, it, it can build camaraderie. Um, I think each player has an opportunity to, you know, really decide how he's going to train and pre- prepare himself for the upcoming season. You know, I was one of those guys uh, where I like to get me a personal trainer, uh, a track person, and a guy that I can go in a weight room with and and work on some of the things that I might have let slip or try to get faster, um, you know, as far as, you know, doing some track workouts. But it's different to each and every person, man. But, you know, I think it's good that the the NFL started to uh, open up the facility to, to its players and players who are coming in so that they can have the opportunity to train uh, uh, as far as weightlifting is concerned, as far as, you know, your, your skill set is concerned, you can also go in, you know, team meetings and start watching film, become a better film watcher. So it gives you an advantage if you take advantage of it. And, uh, you know, hopefully that's what these guys are doing as they collectively get together for the very first time. You know, you talk about Stafford and Jackson, you know, this is the first time that they probably connected together as far as quarterback and receiver. So 
you can start building that continuity right there in these OTAs. And you made a good point as far as about getting in shape and getting acclimated to the speed of the game, you know, just getting acclimated to your new teammates and stuff. But the point that you made, I want to ask you, because a lot of times, man, you know, people, especially high value athletes have their own team. Like you said, you had your own team. You had the personal trainer. Uh, you had a nutritionist, uh, therapist, massage uh, a therapist, and things like that. But sometimes, bro, each individual's player's personal team and what they have them doing can butt heads with what the team has in their conditioning staff. How do you get past that, man? Because sometimes they don't always agree, man. And, and, and I've seen players like, well, my team telling me to do this, but the team team is telling me to do this. That can cause a problem sometimes, bro. It could. I mean, at the same time, Doc, it's about being professional. You got to make sure that, uh, you know, your strength and conditioning coach is a professional guy. Uh, and at the same time, the players themselves has to be professional. So, you know, you know, for me, when, I, when, I, when it was time for me to come under authority of one of the coaches, I did everything he asked me to do and probably did more than that. So, but as far as, you know, my well-being, I do understand that, you know, I work for the Los Angeles Rams, but at the same time, I'm also a business myself. So I have to make sure that, you know, I correct some of the things that I felt personally weren't going well for me as far as being able to benefit and give the Los Angeles Rams my all. So um, they can. Uh, it, it, yeah, you know, as far as, you know, head coaches and coaches all over the league, you know, you hear terms like, you know, we want to treat everybody fair, which is not true. You, you treat everybody fairly, but you don't treat them the same. So, you know, once you start, you know, getting up there to a certain point, uh, as far as your value to the team is, you know, you start to do things different, a different way. I mean, you got some guys who, I mean, like I said, I, I, I like going on the, on the track and having a coach with me on a, on a clock. And, you know, we may be running 400s that day, uh, you know, so I can work my muscle endurance, my, my, my breath, my breathing. And they may not be doing that with the Rams that day. So I just want something else to cha- kind of challenge my body to have me prepared to be where I want to be by the time training camp started. And I'm bringing this up because you got a lot of, you know, you got some Rams that's showing up to OTAs and they've been doing something with their team, with their personal trainers, with their strength and conditioning the entire offseason. And someone may get to, you know, get to the facility and the Rams strength and conditioning coach might be like, what are you learning from? What are you doing that for? That ain't, that ain't going to help you. That ain't going to do nothing. So now you got a decision to make. You're paying somebody to teach, you know, to teach you and work with you, but they telling you, what you doing, man? That's that's nonsense. That's not going to help you at all. So I'm just saying, I, I know that's happening, bro. That's happened. So, and that's why you said they have to be professional, man, and know what they need and that, to do. And also, Doc, you may bring something in that with that strength coach may say, wow, man, this is pretty cool. Maybe I should get this group of guys to do the exact same thing and, and see the results. Because if it works, if it works for one individual and, and, and that strength and conditioning coach takes it to, you know, the entire group of guys and, and the head coach sees a difference in these guys, I mean, that's going to benefit him. So, you know, just being open to coaching and, and most coaches who are great coaches, they are coachable. And when you have that mindset, man, we can all benefit. But we also, because you and I talk, talked about this before, though, we also know that not all NFL position coaches and strength and condition coaches know what the hell they're doing. Because you said you've been in meetings like, man, this receiver's coach no, no, don't know what he's doing because he's in there because, you yeah. know, it's 
his partner is the head coach or something. Now, have you ever had an instance where, you know, you, you, you got your off-season conditioning, you, you know, you got the process going, then you show up, show up to train the camp of OTAs and, they, you know, the strength and conditioning coach, the weight coach asks you to do something, you like, man, this ain't going to help me, man. This don't make no damn sense. I've been doing something that's totally different. You, you ever had a situation like that? And if you did, how did you handle it? Yeah, just like I said, Doc, I mean, I, I probably show up and, you know, I, I probably, you know, with my personal trainer, we probably did upper body training that day already. And, you know, the next day I go in to, to the Rams facility to work out or to train and we we're doing upper body again. So for me, I mean, like I said, Doc, it's about doing what's asked of you in a professional setting, which I can do that. I have no problem with it. And if I feel like it's too much or f- feel like it wasn't enough, you know, I just relay my feelings to him. I mean, and, and we're all grown men. I can say no. It's, I'm allowed to say no. I'm allowed to sit this one out. You know, it, it, it's not third and four, <laughs> you know, uh, on Sunday, two o'clock in the evening, uh, where we have to get this first down. It, it's not that moment. It's, we're still in the preparation phase. So I get to say yes, I get to say no, and I'll do the next one. And I look, I, that's a good answer, man. But look, I ain't gonna call it the names, but when I played for the Rams, man, I specifically remember several vets telling Rich Brooks and every other coach that, well, I ain't doing that SHIT. That's college crap. We ain't running that. We ain't doing that. That elementary stuff, man. Nobody doing it. I mean, I, I and I just was sitting back. I was laughing in yeah. my head, but I was like, oh my gosh. So that's why I'm talking about that because it does. Welcome to the pros. Yeah, welcome to the pros, Doc. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about production, uh, how you produce. And if you're if you're a defensive lineman that had 15-plus sacks the previous year and you you may not want to run, you know, these heels today in the offseason, guess what? You might not run them. You, you may or you may run them, to, you know, to try to push that number to 16. So it, it's to each his own, Doc, and guys have different personalities. That's, that's one of the beauties of the league. And that these coaches have, uh, they have to juggle these personalities, man, and, and do it in a in a way that's conducive to winning championships, winning Super Bowls. So everybody's not going to think the same as far as the preparation part, but the goal is to always be on be be holding that Lombardi Trophy at the end of the, at the end of the season. Facts and 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 and, and I'm gonna move on after this. And this one really <laughs> got me in camp, man. Cat access to run eight eighties, and I'm like, that's nothing. Man, they cursed that dude out so badly, man. For eight eighties, I was like, it's just eight eighties. They went off. I mean, I ain't gonna call no names, but it was some vets, and they went to hell off. And I was like, it's just eight eighties, man. But anyway, man, just extremely funny, man. Extremely funny. I just well, know- hey, hey, Doc. I, I used to always say we train. You know, we train harder in college at Memphis. Yes. Than we train. You know in the building of the Los Angeles Rams or the St. Louis Rams at that time, we trained harder in college. And, and that mindset to me is what separates the good from the great. If you can keep that mentality of training the same way you trained when you were in college, just remember how great a shape we were in in college. Yeah. I mean, we, we'd run the, we run our 1640s. We run our 12 minute run and, and all for time. And, you know, it got a little lenient in the pros you know, they treated you like a man and expected you to come into camp in shape. Yes. You know, you, you had that choice to do that. But, you know, in college, you were you were reaching for something. You had that carrot in front of you. You wanted to show everybody that, you know, I can hang. And when I get to the league, I can work hard. And the ones who keep that mentality are the ones that separate from good to great 
in every sport that we watch. Exactly. And I'm saying it's because, you know, it was a, you know, a lot of cats showing up to OTAs, man. It's, you know, like a culture change. It's some things, it's just some things that they were used to doing in college. They ain't finna doing the OTAs, yep. things they're expected to do in college. Cats like, no, you supposed to, you know, this is something totally different now. So that's what I'm saying because I know it was an yeah. adjustment change and it is an adjustment change. Even from cats coming from different squads, coming over to L.A. because teams do things differently, man. So yeah. but it is good to see everybody out there, man. It's good to see a lot of people out there. And one person, man, before we get up out of here, John Wolford, man. I mean, the backup quarterback had, you know, had an opportunity to start last season and didn't last long because he got hurt. But Isaac, he's switching his number, man. Several players switched their numbers. But his is interesting because I thought this number was retired. I ain't never really thought about it, but he switched to number 13, the number one by the great Kurt Warner, your quarterback. Blasphemy. 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 Exactly. <laughs> I was like, hold up. Now, several now several players have worn the number 13 since Kurt Warner has stopped playing for the Rams. But Wolford in number 13? First, dog, shouldn't number 13 be retired? I would think so. I would say yes, Doc. I mean, I think if I was in charge of that, uh, you know, there are a couple of numbers that I see floating around from uh, time to time with, that's still in rotation with the Los Angeles Rams that I would definitely hang in the Raptors, 81, 76, and uh, 13 being three of them. But, but yeah, man, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's, it's strange. I mean, you got a two-time MVP, uh, Super Bowl champion quarterback that's, you know, been in the program, uh, that, that done some great things in the program, and that, and that should be one of the honors, I think, bestowed on it, man. Um, you know, I remember Chris Gibbons wearing that number, and I was always shocked to see that number, you know, spread out wide at, at wide receiver. And, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how, how it goes or what the protocol is as far as having a number retired, but uh, that's, that's definitely one of them that should be hanging, along with 76 and along with 81. I, I, I'm with you on that, but to me, man, Walford, man, you cool, but it's it's to me, it's just even <laughs> kind of disrespectful, brother. That you would even ask for your thirteen, man. I would think that you would on your on your own be like, nah, I'm gonna stick. I, I'm gonna make the decision. Myself. I know the number is still available, but I'm gonna make the decision myself to stay away from number thirteen. That's what I would think. Well, well, well maybe, man. I mean. You think he asked for it, or you think someone just gave it to him? Maybe, maybe he had to give up that nine, right? He gave the nine up, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's another. I mean, it, I'm pretty sure it's another number he could have got. Now, look, now they gave me 36. I didn't want 30. Oh, they gave me a choice: 36 or 44. I wasn't finna rock with 44, but 36. I only had two choices. So, but I was a rookie. Wolford is a vet. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's, it's another number he could have grabbed. And you play quarterback now. Chris Gibbons play receiver, right? Yeah. So okay. So I go ahead. So, so, so since the number of restrictions have been removed, I thought it, it, should, it would be cool to see a quarterback wearing number 20 these days. You know what I'm saying? Maybe a 20 number or, uh, you know, one of those numbers that went way back in the day before we really start recognizing it and filling the game football. You know how the quarterbacks used to do it. Go out and wear a 20, man, and, and see what you can do with it. Or number 87 or something like that, man. We're one of the more <laughs> crazy numbers, maybe, out there playing quarterback because uh, I like John Walford, but hopefully we don't have to see you in the game, man. I ain't saying you ain't no good, but we want, we want Matthew Stafford to be in there. But I don't know, man. I just saw that, bro, and I know Brock Berlin's quarter. He wore it in uh, 2008 and somebody else wore But dang, bro, you, you might get in the game, man, and lining up in quarterback with number 13 at L.A. Rams. <laughs> I think, I think you know, Isaac is right, man. We got to take that 13 out of circulation and number 81. 
and number 76, which I, I don't, I don't, you know, shoot. I don't, I don't, yeah, man, I don't get you talk that. about bigger. You talk about big O, you're talking about the first pick of the draft. I mean, he went over and above everything you expected him to do. I mean, ended up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So uh, just to have that number 76 still there, uh, no. Let big O put it on one more time and then just, you know, retire the number, please. Thank you. Exactly. See, and now if if, if I now just playing the Rams advocate right now, I can say, okay, Number 81, Torrey Hope deserves to be in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. He's going to eventually mm-hmm. get in. Now, you may say he's not a Hall of Fame. Okay, but Big O, come on, man. And, co- I mean, but we have arguments for these numbers, but I've just said I was just surprised to see that that John Wolford didn't even think about putting on that number 13, man. Because So so let me let me ask you, Doc, if, yep. if you were the, the – I, I like imagining being – I like imagining ownership. So if you're the owner of the Los Angeles Rams – uh, uh, the brass, you hired the GM, you hired the president and everything. What would be your criteria for having a jersey retired? So for you personally, what, what's your criteria? Not necessarily numbers, man. It's, it's, it's their impact they had on the organization. Absolutely. You know, even though Kurt wanted him play for the Rams a lot of years, it's what he did. Now, Big O did his thing long time for the Rams. Tory did his thing a long time for the Rams. So those numbers definitely, but it's like your impact and your influence. Kurt Warner comes, man, he's the quarterback. Not only that, it's his story. He comes in, Trent Green gets hurt, then he comes in and he just takes off. You all take off. No one knew about him. So from him being the unknown and the underdog to take the Rams to the heights of winning a Super Bowl, going to another Super Bowl, taking you all to helping you all become one of the most exciting offenses, not doing that era, but ever. So my criteria criteria will be the impact that a player has on an organization, not necessarily Super Bowl championships, but just the impact in their performance, man. And I think all three of them dudes, especially Kurt, they far uh, exceed all those expectations. That's a good call. I mean, yeah, for me personally, I would say, uh, I just, first of all, would look at the body of work on the field because that's that's just where it comes. That's just yeah. the impact that that this guy would, would have brought uh, brings to the organization, to the community, uh, uh, how impactful his plays were and, you know, just how long he did it. So for me, that that's where I'm starting. I'm starting on the football field and I'll transition out to the community, just his impact in the community after that. And that's what I I mean. That's really what I meant. You know, his impact on the organization, of course, what he did on the field, then all those other things in the story. So that would be my criteria, man. And I, and as I say, these three, these three men, uh, they far exceed all expectations and all, you know, criteria. They meet all criteria. I think that the Jersey should be retired, but I ain't finna sit here and argue and cry about it because it really ain't got nothing to do with me, but it's something good to talk about. Any, anything else you want to talk about, brother, before, you know? Oh, I want to tell you, man, hey, I'm locked and loaded, man. Me and my wife got our plane tickets to the Hall of Fame, bro. I'm excited, man. First class, you know, a little expensive, but, you know, my wife deserves it, man. First class, got the rental car rented, man. Hotel is good, man. So shout out to your team, man, and making sure all the information is disseminated properly to all your friends and family, you know, because the information has been, uh, uh, the, the, the lines of communication have been open. And I appreciate that, man. So, you know, we're excited, man. We're just a couple of months, you know, from this thing, bro. Hey, big shout out to Tiffany Burris, man. She, you know, we've been together. Uh, she's been running my foundation. 
since 2006, man. She does a great job getting information out to people. She handles all my uh, interview requests, uh, appearance requests, and things of that nature. She just does uh, everything she she can to make me look good. So I'm grateful to have her on my team. And uh, she's a Baylor bear. She's a Sikkim bear, and she definitely goes and get it. So um, big shout out to Tiffany, everything she's done. She's, she's great. And looking forward to many, many great years with her. No doubt. Anything else you want to add, man, before we get up out of here, brethren? That's it, man. This is this is the time where where teams are in the lab right now, Doc. I mean, you have this opportunity to uh, better who you are as a football player from uh, how you see things on the field. Uh, you know, we, we've heard some of the greats that have played this game about their approach to the game. Uh, Tom Brady, I'm thinking about right now, how he – He's just a gym rat. He's he's a, he's a film rat, and uh, he there's nothing that when he walks on the field on Sunday and Monday night uh, that he hasn't seen in his own film study. So these are those opportunities, man, to get in the weight room and and, and challenge your body uh, uh, physically to to push your body to heights that you probably thought your body couldn't go. So therefore, when you get on the field uh, during training camp, during preseason and during these regular season games this year that you can be and uh, expose all your potential, the potential that you have. So, and that imagination during this time, Doc, is so important right now. Just imagining yourself in every facet of the game winning. If it's if you're a wide receiver, if you're seeing yourself get off the line of scrimmage as far as bump and run is concerned, or finishing the top of a route and, and finishing the catch putting the ball away, putting the bread away, running running into the end zone at home at SoFi Stadium or in Lambeau Field. So th- this is those times when you're training, when you're running up the hill, when you're doing your stairs, your bleachers, and all that stuff, to have your mindset there about, uh, you know, who you'll be going up against. That's what I like to do when I was when I was training, Doc. I'd be – I'd picture Aeneas Williams in front of me, and, and, and as I run this, this 150, I'm running by him, and he can't catch me. So – that's where that's where my mindset was as far as the offseason is concerned. And that's that's the opportunity that these guys have until until preseason uh starts up. Great advice from 2020 yeah. Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee Isaac Bruce. John Wolford, get your ass out there, number 13, man, and get you another jersey, man. But anyway, that's gonna do it. That's gonna do it for this edition of Ramblings with Pro Football Hall of Famer Isaac Bruce and Doc Holiday until next week. We out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.